Good morning, good afternoon, good day, whatever time you are listening to this. I hope everything is going well, going great. My name is Amanda and I am here today to talk with you about PTSD, living the highs and lows, and hopefully helping someone out there understand their own symptoms or helping someone understand a loved one that might be going through it. I hope that the last couple episodes have helped you thus far and I hope to continue doing so. And if not, well, hopefully that will change and hopefully something will speak to you or something will resonate with you unlike before. So I'm just going to put this out there. I am not a medical professional in any way, not trying to treat anybody, not trying to give any advice, just like medically, just I'm talking about my own experiences and hoping to shed some light on some really difficult topics and some pretty intense struggles. Um, If you are feeling really overwhelmed with a lot of your thoughts and worried about hurting yourself as a human being with an ounce of compassion, I recommend that you look up a crisis hotline in your county or in your city, or um, if it's a life-threatening situation, please call 911 um, because we all have so much to live for. Life gives us mountains and gives us valleys and life is definitely worth living. There's so much out there for us, guys. It's just incredible. Um, You just have to open your eyes a little more to see it, survive your bad days so that you can live and thrive on your good days. Um, That's what I have to tell myself. But anyways, so today I want to talk about patience. Patience is something that we've been told to have since we came out of the womb. Basically just oh, you know, be careful, like wait it out, whatever it may be, be patient with your little sister or be patient with your brother or just be patient with your friend because blah, 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 reasons X, Y, and Z, right? But I'm going to relate this to PTSD and I'm going to go on two tracks here. First, I'm going to talk directly to the people who might be struggling with PTSD. So for me, patience is something that I am very up and down with. Um, Some days I have a lot of it. I'm patient with myself. Uh, I might be patient with others. Um, And other times, other days, I'm like, yeah, no, like the whole world should be able to understand what I'm feeling and understand that I'm going through stuff. So what the heck? And, you know, who knows what that leads to. But anyways, so patience. It's so important when you're going through a struggle or maybe you're going through triggers um, and dealing with the aftermath of those triggers to have patience with yourself um, and giving yourself the space to feel patience, um, writing out the symptoms that you might be feeling. And some people might disagree with me on that. Some people might think, oh, don't write out your triggers. Don't write out those feelings. Like, counteract them. Go out and do stuff. And if that works for you, then great. I... I'm just sharing my own strategy and my personal way of dealing with what I go through. Um, Sometimes it's actually better for me to go out and do stuff and try to distract myself. But usually I like to be patient and ride out my symptoms because it helps me better understand why I was triggered, unpacking the event, just saying, okay, walking it through step by step. Okay, where was I? what triggered me and why is that a trigger and then breaking it down and saying okay 
I was in public, I was surrounded by people, and I was not in any danger. I am in the here and now, I am okay. And just being patient with yourself to let yourself understand this concept. And that's something that's really hard for me to grasp, especially when I'm kind of feeling like I'm reliving everything that I went through, um, feeling the panic of being, you know, trapped in a room, held against a wall. Um, That's really hard for me to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be patient while I um, feel completely re-traumatized again for like the millionth time. Or yeah, let me be patient while I bawl my eyes out and make people worried. But you know what? First of all, it's not about anyone else but you. You're the only one that can take care of you. I'm the only one that can take care of me. And so being patient with yourself, and this could take days. This could take weeks. I hope that it doesn't take longer than that, but it can. The longest I've ever been impacted, I think, from a specific trigger was actually recently, and it lasted for about a month. Um, And it was terrible, guys. It was awful. Um... It was like having the flu for a month. It was just, it was awful. And, but I had to be patient with myself. And I think I was stronger coming out of it than I've ever been. I feel like I'm in a really good place right now. Um, Hence me being able to start a podcast. Um, But yeah, so just being patient because you never know what's going to happen on the other side. And just taking that time to understand yourself. Because if you try and push it all away or you try to distract yourself, that's great in the moment. But what are you going to do the next time if the same thing happens and you have to experience that stuff again and maybe it's a little stronger and so you feel a little more impacted, you won't have any previous experiences to help yourself out or to be like, okay, last time I experienced this for this long Um, and I felt like you know, maybe I just didn't want to go anywhere. I wanted to be in my room for a day. And then the next day I was able to leave my house and go out, but I was still feeling kind of blah. I didn't really want to talk to everybody. It was, it took a lot of effort to just smile and laugh and pretend to be okay. And then by the end of the week, I was back to normal. Great. Good to go. Learning your patterns, your behavior patterns takes a lot of patience and understanding yourself. And there's nothing wrong with how you feel. Feelings are always valid, just like opinions are valid. They're not, opinions are not facts. Feelings are not facts. They're just feelings, okay? And you should, you deserve to respect your own feelings. No one else is going to respect your feelings if you don't. So respecting your feelings, taking the time to understand yourself and your symptoms and saying, okay, yeah, it was this part of my experience that made me worried about this particular situation. That's what I have to do. Um, A lot of people don't, like I always have to be early to everything and not just like 15 minutes early. I am usually like an hour early to things. Um, And before the attack, before all of like the stalking and everything like that, I was I was always like pretty insistent about being on time, but that was more of like five minutes early to things and, you know, just early is on time, on time is late, all that things. I was a band kid um, and a choir kid, so that was always ingrained in me. But now I feel like I have to be at a minimum 
30 minutes early to everything. I usually prefer to get there like to events or anything like that an hour early um, because I am worried about time. I'm not worried about a reputation necessarily of, oh, Amanda's always on time. Like that girl's never late. It's more of noticing that pattern so that if for some reason I don't show up or yeah, let's, let's go with that. If I don't show up to something, people are like, oh my gosh, she's always here or she's always on time. So where she's always early. So by the time something rolls around and they say, Amanda's still not here, something might be wrong. Let's call her. They're not waiting until after an event or they're not waiting halfway through. Like they're going to contact me and wonder where I am at the time of the event or even five minutes before because I'm always early. And that's something that relates to my experience because my parents were waiting for me in the car outside of my school when this guy attacked me and attempted to sexually assault me. Um, And like I said in the previous episode, I don't know if he actually ever did. Um, I blacked out. Um, I don't remember everything that happened in there. But the plan was is that I was going to meet my parents outside after I was done putting some equipment away at the school after a choir concert that I was at. And... So I, when I didn't show up five minutes after like telling my parents, yeah, I'll meet you guys in five minutes. Great. Good. I was like, I don't even know how long I was in there. So I don't know how long they had to wait. Um, my parents don't remember the night specifically. So they, cause I've talked to them about it. They don't remember, but, um, I was late and they just thought it was okay. Like, cool. Like she's just doing her own thing, whatever. But when in reality I was being attacked by this guy and they just were sitting out in the car because obviously they didn't think they had any reason to worry. But now if I am, you know, late for me, people call me and they're like, Hey, where are you? Are you okay? Like, and I can say, yeah, it's just traffic or no, I'm not okay. This is what's going on. And so making sure that I have people check in on me is so important. And I have no other explanation for it. It might sound crazy, Um, I hope it sounds crazy to you because then that means hopefully you have never gone through an experience that changes your behavior so much. Um, This is how I feel like I need to survive and present myself so that people know that something might be wrong if I'm not there. So if that's something that you do or if you do something similar like that, don't worry. I think it's okay. Um, Haters gonna hate, but yeah, so... That's just something, and I've had to be patient with myself because people will say, oh, Amanda, we don't need to leave yet. That's in like three hours and it takes 45 minutes to get there so we can leave, you know, an hour before the event. And I'm like, uh, no, no, I want to leave in like a half hour so that we get there an hour and a half before the event. We can find parking. We can know where the event is. I can kind of scope out the area. I understand the environment. I know where exits are. I know where the cameras are so that if something happens to me, hopefully I'm sitting in a place where there's a camera and they can see what happened, get the guy. And if I black out, then I'll be able to see what happened. These are all things that always occur to me anytime I go someplace. Um, and call it paranoia because it is. Um, and those are just things I don't you like I don't walk down the street and just expect someone like some stranger to just come and like push me up against a wall and try and do something. I don't think that it's more of like a defense or like a coping mechanism. It's like a preventative measure of, okay, 
I don't know who's out there. I don't know who's around me. It's basic human evolution and just like being alert. There's nothing wrong with being alert. Yes, it's probably pushing it to get to something an hour early if it's not like a concert or anything like that. If it's a small event like, hey, I want to go out to like to dinner with somebody and I get there 30 minutes early, you know, to a low-key restaurant that's never had a waiting list in its existence, that's might be pushing it a little bit. But that's just what I need to do to be comfortable and I am totally confident in that. So don't let anyone tell you that that's not okay. So yeah, just being patient with yourself is going to take you so far because you're just going to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, this upset me. And having the patience to look it out. And I know I'm saying patience a lot, but it's just a great word. And I'm hoping to instill it in you guys. But patience is something that's going to take you so far because you're allowing yourself the space and the time to get to know yourself. And that's so important for any and everything that you do, that all of us do. So please keep that in mind. Um, So now for the friends and families of people who have post-traumatic stress, having patience with that person is something that I always fear is going to run out. Um, I tell my friends this all the time to a point like in my own way that, you know, we have to keep talking about this and I'm so sorry. Or anytime I have to bring something up like, oh, I really like don't want to be in a club past midnight or I don't even want to go to the club because blah, 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 blah. But I still want to have fun with you guys. Like they're, my friends are so patient with me. It is definitely probably frustrating because I don't like to have fun the way that they like to have fun, um, in certain things or, um, you know, just anything like that in general. But they're so patient with me because I have grown as the more that they tell me that it's okay, the more that I'm more, the more willing I am to branch out and say, okay, so there's no pressure. So I can try this. Okay. And it's like reintegrating myself into these fun things and remembering that I'm safe, that I'm surrounded by people that love me. They would never let anything happen to me. You know, if I said that I didn't want to be alone, they would, they wouldn't leave me alone. Um, and so Giving the person who's struggling with post-traumatic stress the time to, first of all, understand what they're feeling and then find a way to communicate that back to you, that takes so much time because they have to establish so many things in between that. They have to understand what's going on inside their head and then they have to tell themselves that that's in the past, that that's not what's happening right now. So they need to breathe, they need to ground themselves and say, okay, I smell this, I see this color, I hear the wind, or things that bring them back to this specific time. That alone can take so long, and then finding someone that they trust to talk about what they're feeling with you, that is a whole nother animal of bravery because talking about your worst experiences and them feeling like a failure and talking about it is one of the bravest things I've ever heard. You know, 
no one likes to admit their flaws. No one likes to admit when they weren't perfect or when they feel like something changed their life for the worst or for the, yeah. <laughs> um, so have patience with them, with us. They survived something that they that they may not have wanted to survive, um, but they did. And if they did want to survive, they're now living with constant intrusive thoughts that they can't always control. So remember that it's not about you. It's about that person understanding how to love themselves again and how to process what terrible thing happened to them. And for me, my family, I know that my dad has a harder time understanding my struggle because first of all, he's never been through it, which I thank God for that. I hope that no one in my family has been through it. I hope that no one, well, I wish no one else went through it. I wish I never went through it, but here we are. Can't change it. But my dad has a harder time understanding it because he's never, to my experience or to my knowledge, never been put in the position of having all of that control taken away and he's just, he's never been assaulted, never been sexually assaulted. Um, And so when I break down and I cry or I get really stressed out and I just need a minute, he used to not understand that and he used to think that I was kind of playing the victim card and I'm going to be honest, maybe sometimes I did. I think everyone does at some point with different intentions. I think I tried to play the victim card in the beginning a little bit more just so that I could get him to understand how serious it was. And then later, as I grew, I took a different approach of just trying to communicate with him directly instead of showing him through my actions of like how hurt I was and crying openly in front of him. I would sit him down and just tell him directly how I was feeling, which made me feel like less of a victim. And I said this in the first episode, I hate that word. I hate it. I don't like to identify myself as a victim. If I'm going to say anything, it's going to be survivor. Um, No, I was not in a particularly specific life-threatening situation, but I survived my worst nightmare. And um, I hope that you find confidence in calling yourself a survivor, even if it was an attempted assault. You know what? you're a survivor, you're going to keep going, you're doing great. Um, But yeah, so as I started to communicate with my dad, he was able to find patience for me because he had a better understanding of what I was going through. Um, And he still doesn't quite understand and sometimes he still struggles with it, but that's okay because everyone that loves me is going to struggle with this a little bit if they try to understand. And I'm so grateful for the support that I have received from my friends and family. Um, the more I open up about it, the more supportive they want to be. Um, if putting an arm around my shoulders when we're walking in the city is going to make me feel safe, then they want to do that. If, you know, I don't want to stay out past dark, they're okay with that because they want me to have a good time and feel safe and feel included. And sometimes that does feel like a burden, but having that patience, I know that one day I will be good enough to, with myself and I will feel confident enough in myself to go out and stay out in the dark, like not in an unsafe situation. Let's just be clear about that. But like if I stay out late at a club or something and I want to get a cab or hang out with my friends and walk back to our cars in the dark again, women, please carry your keys in parking lots. 
you just never know who's out there or carry a taser or something or pepper spray. Um, but hopefully I will feel confident enough to do that sometime. Or if I'm in a somewhat small space and it's dark, the first thought won't be, okay, who's the nearest man to me? And is he looking at me? Does he notice me? Does he like look threatening? Could he rape me? Um, I can't wait for the day and I know it's coming where those won't be my first thoughts. I should probably have them in the back of my head, not necessarily focusing on, you know, rape, but just being alert, knowing who's around me, knowing my surroundings. That's never a bad thing. That's not just for people with PTSD. That should be for everyone. Um, So family and friends, keep up the patience. And if you don't understand what they're going through, if you're in the middle of a conversation about their struggles, it's okay to ask for like clarifying questions. It's okay to ask those because again, from last week we talked about control or last time we talked about control. Giving them control makes them feel like it's okay to talk about it with you and makes them more comfortable and confident. So yeah, just be patient. It's gonna get better. I've improved so much over the last three years, even just the last year. I feel like I've made so much progress um, just in my ability to communicate with people um, and just be confident in my being confident in myself. That is something that I was not even six months ago. I've put in so much work on my conscious thoughts that. I've grown. I've gotten so much better. So everyone out there, know that there's hope. You may never heal completely from PTSD. You may never, you won't forget. You you just, you won't. Um, and, but you might heal enough to get through it. You cannot get over it, but you can get through it. And I am rooting for you. You got this, you know, you're going to get there. I hope that you can at least get to where I am because I think that my life is so great. I am so blessed to have a supportive family. I am so blessed to have the friends that I have, um, pursuing the education that I'm pursuing. Um, I have so much going for me and I hope that you have so much going for you. And I'm sure that you do, whether it's, you know, having a great dog to snuggle with at night to make you feel safe or a cat or um, having that best boyfriend or best girlfriend or partner or just anything like you got this. You have so many things going for you. So stay strong. You got this. I just, I like to say that because that's like the best like cheer I got for you is just, you have got this. And I want you to say that every day to yourself because that's what I do. And I might look like a freak, but I don't care. Haters gonna hate. So I've got this, you've got this, be patient. And I hope that every podcast you listen to from me leaves you with a little more hope and a better understanding of your symptoms or the person that you love's symptoms. And just keep flourishing with your PTSD and the highs and lows. You know, every valley is between two mountains. So we've got this. All right. I'll talk to you next time. Have a great week, a great day. And 
you know what I'm about to say. You've got this. All right.